Act Four of the Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene Four: The French Camp, a Tent. Enter with drum and colours, Cordelia, physician, and soldiers. Alack, this he, why? He was met even now as mad as the vexed sea, singing aloud, crowned with rank fumiter and furrow weeds, with harlocks, hemlock, nettles, cuckoo flowers, darnel, and all the idle weeds that grow in our sustaining corn. A century sent forth, search every acre in the high grown field, and bring him to our eye. Exit an officer. What can man's wisdom in the restoring his bereaved sense? He that helps him take all my outward worth. There is means, madam. Our foster nurse of nature is repose, the which he lacks. That to provoke in him are many simples operative, whose power will close the eye of anguish. All blessed secrets, all you unpublished virtues of the earth, Spring with my tears. Be aidant and remediate in the good man's distress. Seek, seek for him, lest his ungoverned rage dissolve the life that wants the means to lead it. Enter a messenger. News, madam, the British powers are marching hitherward. Tis known before. Our preparation stands in expectation of them. O oh, dear father, it is thy business that I go about. Therefore, great France, my mourning and important tears hath pitied. No blown ambition doth our arms incite, but love, dear love, and our aged father's right. Soon may I hear and see him. Exeunt. Scene five. A room in Gloucester's castle. Enter Regan and Oswald. But are my brother's powers set forth? Ay, madam, himself in person there, madam, with much ado, your sister is the better soldier. Lord Edmund spake not with your lord at home. No, madam. What might import my sister's letter to him? I know not, lady. Faith. He is posted hence on serious matter. Oh, it was great ignorance, Gloucester's eyes being out, to let him live. Where he arrives, he moves all hearts against us. Edmund, I think, is gone in pity of his misery, to dispatch his knighted life. Moreover, to descry the strength of the enemy. I must needs after him, madam, with my letter. Our troops set forth to-morrow. Stay with us. The ways are dangerous. I may not, madam. My lady charged my duty in this business. Why should she write to Edmund? Might not you transport her purposes by word? Belike, some things, I know not what. I love thee much. Let me unseal the letter. Madam, I had rather, 
I know your lady does not love her husband. I am sure of that. And at her late being here, she gave strange ayads and most speaking looks to noble Edmund. I know you are of her bosom. Ay, madam. I speak in understanding. Ye are. I know it. Therefore I do advise you to take this note. My lord is dead. Edmund and I have talked, and more convenient is he for my hand than for your lady's. You may gather more. If you do find him, pray you give him this. And when your mistress hears thus much from you, I pray desire her call her wisdom to her. So, fare you well. If you do chance to hear of that blind traitor, preferment falls on him that cuts him off. Would I could meet him, madam. I should show what party I do follow. Fare thee well. Exeunt. Scene 6. The Country Near Dover. Enter Gloucester, and Edgar dressed like a peasant. When shall I come to the top of that same hill? You do climb up it now. Look how we labour. Methinks the ground is even. Horrible steep. Hark, do you hear the sea? No, truly. Why then your other senses grow imperfect by your eyes' anguish? So may it be indeed. Methinks thy voice is altered, and thou speakst in better phrase and matter than thou didst. You are much deceived. In nothing am I changed but in my garments. Methinks you're better spoken. Come on, sir, here's the place. Stand still. How fearful and dizzy it is to cast one's eye so low. The crows and choughs that wing the midway air show scarce so gross as beetles. Halfway down hangs one that gathers samphire. Dreadful trade. Methinks he seems no bigger than his head. The fishermen that walk upon the beach appear like mice, and yon tall anchoring bark diminished to her cock, her cock a boy, almost too small for sight. The murmuring surge that on the unnumbered idle pebble chafes cannot be heard so high. I look no more lest my brain turn, and the deficient sight topple down headlong. Set me where you stand. Give me your hand. You are now within a foot of the extreme verge, for all beneath the moon would I not leap upright. Let go my hand. Here, friend, is another purse. In it a jewel well worth a poor man's taking. Fairies and gods prosper it with thee. Go thou further off. Bid me farewell. And let me hear thee going. Now fare you well, good sir. Seems to go. With all my heart. Edgar aside. Why I do trifle thus with his despair is done to cure it. Oh, you mighty gods! This world I do renounce, and in your sights 
shake patiently my great affliction off. If I could bear it longer, and not fall to quarrel with your great opposeless wills, my snuff and loathed part of nature should burn itself out. If Edgar live, oh, bless him. Now, fellow, fare thee well. Gone, sir, farewell. Gloucester leaps and falls along. And yet I know not how conceit may rob the treasury of life when life itself yields to the theft. Had he been where he thought, by this had thought been passed. Alive or dead? Ho, you, sir, friend, hear you, sir, speak. Thus might he pass indeed, yet he revives. What are you, sir? Away, and let me die. Hadst thou been aught but gossamer, feathers, air, so many fathom down precipitating, thou'dst shivered like an egg. But thou dost breathe, hast heavy substance, bleeds not, speak'st, art sound. Ten masts at each make not the altitude which thou hast perpendicularly fell. Thy life is a miracle. Speak yet again. But uh, have I fallen? Oh, no. From the dread summit of this chalky bourne, look up a height. The shrill gorged lark so far cannot be seen or heard. Do but look up. Alack, I have no eyes. Is wretchedness deprived that benefit to end itself by death? Twas yet some comfort when misery could beguile the tyrant's rage and frustrate his proud will. Give me your arm. Up, so. How is it? Feel you your legs? You stand. Too well. <sighs> Too well. This is above all strangeness. Upon the crown of the cliff, what thing was that which parted from you? A poor unfortunate beggar. As I stood here below, methought his eyes were two full moons. He had a thousand noses. Horns welked and waved like the enraged sea. It was some fiend. Therefore, thou happy father, think that the clearest gods, who make them honours of man's impossibilities, have preserved thee. I do remember now. Henceforth I'll bear affliction till it do cry out itself, Enough, enough, and die. That thing you speak of, I took it for a man. Often would say, the fiend, the fiend. He led me to that place. Bear free and patient thoughts. But who comes here? Enter Lear, fantastically dressed up with flowers. The safer sense will never accommodate his master thus. No, they cannot touch me for coining. I am the king himself. Oh, thou side-piercing sight. Nature's above art in that respect. There's your press money. That fellow handles his bow like a crow-keeper. Draw me a clothier's yard. 
mouse. Peace, peace. This piece of toasted cheese will do it. There's my gauntlet. I'll prove it on a giant. Bring up the brown bills. Oh, well-flown bird. In the clout, in the clout. Hugh, give the word. Sweet marjoram. Pass. I know that voice. Ha, Goral, with a white beard. They flattered me like a dog and told me I had white hairs in my beard ere the black ones were there. To say I know to everything I said I know to was no good divinity. When the rain came to wet me once and the wind to make me chatter, when the thunder would not peace at my bidding, there I found them, there I smelt them out. Go to, they are not men or their words. They told me I was everything, tis a lie. I am not agu-proof. <laughs> the trick of that voice I do well remember. If not the king. Aye, every inch a king. When I do stare, see how the subject quakes. I pardon that man's life. What was thy cause? Adultery? Thou shalt not die. Die for adultery? No. The rain goes to it. And the small gilded fly does lecture in my sight. Let copulation thrive. For Gloucester's bastard son was kinder to his father than my daughters got between the lawful sheets. Tot luxury, pell-mell, for I lack soldiers. Behold yon simp-ring dame, whose face between her forks presages snow that minces virtue and to shake the head to hear of pleasure's name. The fitchew, nor the soiled horse goes to it with a more riotous appetite, down from the wasted they are centaurs, though women all above. But to the girdle do the gods inherit, beneath is all the fiends, there's hell, there's darkness, there is the sulphurous pit, Burning, scalding, stench, consumption. Fie, 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 pa, pa. Give me an ounce of seaweed, good apothecary, to sweeten my imagination. There's money for thee. Oh, will let me kiss that hand? Let me wipe it first. It smells of mortality. Oh, ruin the peace of nature. This great world shall so wear out to naught. Dost thou know me? I remember thine eyes well enough. Dost thou squinny at me? No, do thy worst blind Cupid, I'll not love. Read thou this challenge, mark but the penning of it. Where all the letter sons? I could not see one. I would not take this from report. It is, and my heart breaks at it. Read. What? With the case of eyes? Oh, ho! Are you there with me? No eyes in your head, no, no money in your purse. Your eyes are in a heavy case, your purse in a light, yet you see how this world goes. I see it feelingly. What? Art mad? A man may see how the world goes with no eyes. Look, with thine ears. 
See how yon justice rails upon yon simple thief. Hark in thine ear, change places, and handy dandy, which is the justice, which is the thief? Thou hast seen the farmer's dog bark at a beggar? Ay, sir. And the creatures run from the cur. There thou mightst behold the great imagery of authority. A dog's obeyed in office, thou rascal beetle, hold thy bloody hand. Oh, why dost thou lash that whore? Strip thine own back. Thou hotly lust to use her in that kind, for which thou whipst her. The usurer hangs the cozener through tattered clothes, great vices do appear. Robes and furred gowns hide all plates in with gold, and the strong lance of justice hurt breaks arm it in rags a pygmy straw does pierce it none does offend none i say none i label em take that of me my friend who have the power to seal the accuser's lips get thee glass eyes and like a scurvy politician seem to see the things thou dost not now 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 Pull off my boots, harder, harder so. O matter and impertinency mixed, reason in madness. If thou wilt weep, my fortunes take my eyes. I know thee well enough, thy name is Gloucester. Thou must be patient. We came crying hither. Thou knowest the first time that we smell the air, we wall and cry. I will preach to thee, Mark. Alack, alack the day. When we are born, we cry that we are come to this great stage of fools. This a good block, it were a delicate stratagem to shoe, a troop of horse with felt. I'll put it in proof, and when I have stolen upon these son-in-laws, then kill, 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 kill. Enter a gentleman with attendance. Oh, here he is. Lay hand upon him. Sir, your most dear daughter. No rescue. What, a prisoner? I am even the natural fool of fortune. Use me well. You shall have ransom. Let me have surgeons. I am cuts to the brains. You shall have anything. No seconds. All myself. Why, this would make a man a man of salt. To use his eyes for garden water potters. I and for laying autumn's dust. Good sir. I will die bravely like a smug bridegroom. What? I will be jovial. Come, come. I am a king. My masters know you that. You are a royal one, and we obey you. Then there's life in it. <laughs> come, and you get it. You shall get it by running. Sa, 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 sa. Exit running. Attendants follow. A sight most pitiful in the meanest wretch, past speaking of in a king. Thou hast one daughter, who redeems nature from the general curse, which twain have brought her to. Hail, gentle sir. Sir, speed you. What's your will? Do you hear aught, sir, of a battle toward? Most sure and vulgar. Everyone hears that which can distinguish sound. But, by your favour, how nears the other army? Near, and on speedy foot, 
The main discry stands on the hourly thought. I thank you, sir. That's all. Though that the queen on special cause is here, her army is moved on. I thank you, sir. Exit, gentlemen. You ever gentle gods, take my breath from me. Let not my worse spirit tempt me again to die before you please. Well, pray you, father. Now, oh, good sir, what are you? A most poor man, made tame to fortune's blows, who by the art of known and feeling sorrows am pregnant to good pity. Give me your hand, I'll lead you to some biding. Hearty thanks. The bounty and the benison of heaven to boot and boot. Enter Oswald. A proclaimed price, most happy. That eyeless head of thine was first framed flesh to raise my fortunes. Thou old unhappy traitor, briefly thyself remember. The sword is out that must destroy thee. Now let thy friendly hand put strength enough to it. Edgar interposes. Wherefore, bold peasant, there's thou support a published traitor. Hence, lest that the infection of his fortune take like hold on thee, let go his arm. She'll not let go, sir, without further occasion. Let go, slave, or thou diest. Go, gentlemen, go your gate, and let poor Volker pass. And should have been swaggered out on my life, twill not have been so long as this by a fortnight. Nay, come not near the old man. Keep out, Chevoyo, I stray whether you custard or my bellow be the harder. She'll be plain with you. Out, dunghill! She'll pick your teeth, sir. Come, no matter for your foins. They fight, and Edgar knocks him down. Ah, slave! Thou hast slain me. Villain, take my purse. If ever thou wilt thrive, bury my body, and give the letters which thou findst about me to Edmund, Earl of Gloucester. Seek him out upon the British party. Oh, untimely death. Dies. I know thee well, a serviceable villain, as duteous to the vices of thy mistress as badness would desire. What? Is he dead? Sit you down, father, rest you. Let's see these pockets. The letters that he speaks of may be my friends. He's dead. I am only sorry he had no other deathsman. Let us see. Leave, gentle wax, and manners blame us not. To know our enemies' minds, we rip their hearts. Their papers is more lawful. Reads. Let our reciprocal vows be remembered. You have many opportunities to cut him off. If your will want not, time and place will be fruitfully offered. 
there is nothing done if he return the conqueror. Then am I the prisoner, and his bed my jail, from the loathed warmth whereof deliver me, and supply the place for your labor. Your wife, so I would say, affectionate servant, Goneril. O oh, indistinguished space of woman's will, a plot upon her virtuous husband's life, and the exchange, my brother, here in the sands thee I'll rake up, the post unsanctified of murderous lechers, and in the mature time, with this ungracious paper, strike the side of the death-practised duke. For him tis well, that of thy death and business I can tell. Exit Edgar, dragging out the body. The king is mad. How stiff is my vile sense that I stand up and have ingenious feeling of my huge sorrows. Better I were distract, so should my thoughts be severed from my griefs, and woes by wrong imaginations lose the knowledge of themselves. A drum afar off. Give me your hand. Far off, methinks, I hear the beaten drum. Come, father, I'll bestow you with a friend. Exeunt. <laughs> 